This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra. What's going on with the United Auto Workers? And why does it matter? Well, the United Auto Workers are having their convention, and there is an insurgent group trying to take over. This is not a usual thing for the United Auto Workers. They have had a consistent leadership since 1946. That's when Walter Ruther and his leadership got in. They established the Administrative Caucus, and they have hardly lost a single election since that time. They control the International Executive Board from top to bottom. And usually, there's hardly any resistance, maybe just an, an odd person or something or an odd local from the, the vast number of union locals in the auto workers union. The auto workers comprises auto workers, auto parts, uh, agricultural implements, and aerospace. They grew and grew up until around 1947. And then, like all American unions, they began to make concessions to the bosses and just tried to hang on to what they had. So there hasn't been any real big growth since, say, the mid-1950s. Uh, like the rest of the unions, they've been slowly going backwards. The Auto Workers Union, though, has maintained some really good contracts, especially among their core workers in auto People in aerospace and agricultural implements have not done quite as well. But generally speaking, they've ma managed to keep up some pretty good contracts and they've managed to avoid financial problems. They also avoided corruption problems up until about two, three years ago. At that time, the government went after them. They started finding pretty, what I consider pretty minor transgressions. But uh, one of them, I think, went up above $300,000. But most of them were things like uh, buying people golf clubs or buying uh, extra whiskey to give away or extra uh, cigars to give away or stuff like that. And this was considered a big minor, major corruption scandal. And that gave some impetus to some of the younger members to try to take over the union. There are a lot of younger members, but not in auto. In auto, like most unions, the membership has tended to age. The reason is because layoffs hit the people who were the most recently hired, and the most recently hired are the youngest. So most, most local unions in major industry have aged quite a bit. The younger people that are coming in to the auto workers union, a lot of them are students. I'm talking about teacher assistants from major colleges that are organized into the auto workers union. They have a vote and now they're standing up and making a bid for leadership. The insurgent group in the auto workers union is called UAWD. I think that stands for Uni Union of All Workers for Democracy. You can find their platform and everything else on UAWmembers.org. UAWmembers.org. Their platform, no more corruption, of course. No more cover-ups, of course. Those things came directly out of the news 
uh, showing that some, a few UAW uh, officers, including two ex-presidents, have been indicted. Their second issue is to end all tears in the auto workers union. Tears are just as the word suggests, they are layers. Layers of workers have different treatment under their contracts. For example, someone starting today will be starting at a much lower salary than the people that he, will, he or she will be working right beside. And they may never top out as high as the people that they're working side by side because they're on a different tier. This says from the UAWD says, the UAW has fought to establish equality and respect for all workers. No more long-time temporary or part-time workers. No more tiers. Parity for pensions and post-employment health care. Equal pay and equal benefits for equal work, whether within a plant, university, or any other UAW shop. In other words, this is a great appeal to the younger people because the younger people are in those bottom tiers. And they're the ones who have not got the same pensions, the same health care, the same salary scale as people that they are working side by side with. So it's a great appeal to the younger workers. They made an appeal to the older workers yesterday by having a resolution that would have allowed retirees to run for top offices in the union. That is something that will probably help them get retiree votes, even though one might argue that, it, that it's got a downside as well as an upside. But retirees like me, of course, are going to like the idea. They say they want to reverse past concessions and fight for strong contracts. They say, quote, 40 years of trading concessions for job security has left us with fewer plants and jobs. We can reestablish cost of living allowances, regular pay increases, and local control over local issues, but we will need to fight. Then they say, this is number four on their platform, win justice for retirees and restore pensions. Many of the 600,000 UAW retirees, they say, have seen the value of their pensions dwindle to poverty levels. The reason is that pensions in the auto workers union have always been fixed. They do not get any kind of raises for, to account for inflation or to account for anything else. So when you get a pension, it may look pretty good as you go out the door, but the next year it won't look quite so good and the next year it'll look even worse. So the insurgent group and the auto workers union is saying that they will unite the membership by fighting for retiree pension increases and bringing back pensions for all current workers. As far as the election goes, it's pretty clear that they have certain amount of appeal toward younger workers and a certain amount of appeal toward the older workers. Then they say on number five that they want to build solidarity in the union. They want to do new organizing, which I think is a, is a big weakness. It says, quote, the UAW's failure to organize foreign old auto plants has weakened us and must be reversed. It's true 
and it's been highly publicized that the Auto Workers Union tried to get some of the transnational plants that have been building in the United States, such as Volkswagen and Nissan. They're building plants in the United States, and the Auto Workers Union has some very highly publicized organizing attempts, and they have failed, I guess, in every one. Then number seven on their platform is to build a more democratic, member-run union. Now this is one that goes right straight to the heart of democracy. On paper, the Auto Workers Union is thoroughly democratic, painfully democratic, excruciatingly painfully democratic. But when it comes down to what really happens, the Administrative Caucus pretty much runs everything, it gets everything they want, uh, not only at conventions, but throughout the Auto Workers Union in every contract struggle, in every strike, in every grievance, and every arbitration. Everything that the union does pretty much is run from the top. It's run from the International Executive Board. The reason is not because it's not set up democratically. It's not that they don't have a good constitution. It's because they have an army of full-time employees, staffers, who make sure that the wishes of the top leadership are carried out throughout the country. And this new group, the UAWD, says they're going to do something about that. It remains to be seen whether they will or they won't. People are not sure. There was an election earlier this year to decide how we want to elect our officers. Because in the past, since 1946, the officers were always elected at the conventions, and the international staffers run those conventions. They actually stand out on the floor and tell people who to vote, where to vote, who to make a motion, who to second the motion, and they get back to the chair to say, recognize the guy in the yellow shirt, he's going to make our motion, or don't recognize the guy in the red shirt, he's going to make some other motion. So. The international reps have run those conventions in favor of the International Executive Board leadership and consequently the Administrative Caucus has always won. The other way that was proposed, and this was proposed by the government, the government took over what the UAW does and it said that they were going to have an election to decide if they wanted to go on electing their officers the old way at conventions or if they wanted to do it by a one-member, one-vote, vote-by-mail national campaign. The membership voted pretty decisively, about 62%, I think, in favor of changing the way they elect their top leaders. So the top leaders will be elected, I think, sometime in November of this year. They will be elected by a national vote-by-mail campaign. They're going to have to campaign really hard because there's about 400,000 members and about 600,000 retirees, all of whom get to vote on the leadership of the International Executive Board. So there will be a big campaign. And it's going to be change. The Auto Workers Union, as you know, was begun in 1935 as a federal union what they call a federal union, part of the American Federation of Labor. 
They were kicked out of the American Federation of Labor, along with others from the Committee for Industrial Organizing. Now, industrial organizing means organizing everybody in a shop, not just the elite craftsmen. Because the American Federation of Labor, the AF of L, focused primarily on craft unionism. They only wanted the elite, the highest paid, the most skilled workers. The CIO, of course, along with its, with its most famous and best effort, which was the Auto Workers Union, the CIO said, we will organize everybody top to bottom. People that, people that run the machines, yes. People that program the machines, yes. People that sweep the floor, yes. And everybody else in between. That also meant that they broke the color barrier because a lot of the people sweeping the floor were African-Americans or, or other dark-skinned peoples. And the auto workers said, bring them in. We're going to treat them all equally. They broke the gender barrier because they said, we're going to organize all the women as well as all the men. We're going to organize everybody. And that was a gigantic change in the way unionism was carried out in the United States. And a lot of the credit goes to the Auto Workers Union. In 1946, Walter Ruther was elected and established the Administrative Caucus. And since then, not because of them, not, it wasn't really their fault, but because of government pressure that began with the Taft-Hartley Law of 1947, American unions pretty much gave up fighting for social causes. Among the unions, the UAW was better than the others on social causes. The Auto Workers Union supported Dr. Martin Luther King. He wrote the I Have a Dream speech in UAW headquarters in Detroit, and he was being supported all along. The Farm Workers Union, Dolores Huerta and Cesar Chavez, they got their start from the Auto Workers Union. So among unions after 1947, the UAW was more socially conscious than the others, but they still were part of a union movement in decline. And the union movement continued to decline to today when we've gone down from having 35% of all workers organized down to 10.3% or so organized. And actually, the public sector workers are the, are the majority. The private sector workers, like in the Auto Workers Union, are the minority. They have hung on and hung on and tried not to make uh, concessions, not to lose contracts, not to lose organizing drives. But like all of the rest of the American labor movement, it was a losing battle and they fell backwards. They did not have the fighting spirit that they had back in 1935 when they were first begun. These guys, the UAWD, the younger people, mostly in the Auto Workers Union, are saying that they're going to change all that. We shall see. It'll be interesting. The convention's over tomorrow or the next day, I think. And after that, they'll, uh, the campaign for officers will be underway. This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra.